back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Steven. And Kyle. And welcome back to another work week. Thanks for hanging out with us. We hope to get it kicked off and started as best as possible. That way it goes by pretty painlessly. Kyle's been digging into some interesting stuff here. He's put together a pretty interesting episode for us. Before we dive into that, we're going to get through some business we got some extra business today, some big business. So I'm going to put that first and foremost. Uh, check us out in a couple weeks at Metacon. I know I've uh, already plugged this a couple times, but we don't want you to forget. It is July 14th through 16th, 2023 at the KCI Expo Center in Kansas City, Missouri. We will be hanging out and have a booth. We're not going to be speaking this year, but we're just going to be kicking it, walking around, hanging out. Uh, we'll have some merch on site. This is going to be a big, awesome, awesome show. A bunch of celebrity guests and uh, speakers. Travis Walton will be there from Fire in the Sky. Andrew Perron from The Conjuring. John Zaffis, uh, collector of haunted items. Uh, the boys from Ghost Lab will be there. Katie Stafford from Ghost of Devil's Perch. Uh, Stephanie Barton will be there, the psychic medium. There's going to be over 100 vent- vendors, 18 guest speakers, a bunch of hands-on workshops, Energy healers, paranormal investigators, the Sasquatch people will be there, alien enthusiasts, you name it, it'll be there. Tickets are only 15 bucks a day or 40 for all three. Again, we'll be there Saturday and Sunday. Definitely come and hang out if you are in the area. If you're not, fly in, you know, it's going to be a good time. We also have some big news to announce here. Once I find the information for it... There is a monster podcast conference that has just been put together called 40 and Airwaves, and we are stoked to be a part of it. It's going to be October 6th, 7th, and 8th, 2023, located at the Inn on uh, ONU in Ada, Ohio. It is a three-day weekend event Friday is going to be just kind of a casual meet and greet Saturday there will be uh, podcast panels and merch and all kinds of good things put together and Sunday there will be a very special pancake breakfast hell yes and we are in good company at this event it will be us hollow sky podcast the uncomfortable podcast the boys from Appalachian intelligence Cryptids of the Corn, and Kill the Mockingbirds, all together under one roof. It is the super show lineup. Let's go. Let's go. There's limited tickets available. We've posted it pretty much on all of our socials, so you can check it out. There's special room rates there at the inn and uh, some other hotels close by. Definitely not going to want to miss out on this. It's basically going to be like a rave. Yeah, essentially. Yes. A rave. The para- it's going to be a of paranormal a lifetime. rave. Yes. It is. It should be an awesome time. We're very excited. So do not miss out on that. Again, all the information will be posted on our socials. Come and hang out with all of us cool guys. You know how it is. That being said, check us out at all our socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. 
Reddit and Discord. Search up the Hollow Sky Podcast and we will be there. If you have a paranormal experience you'd like to share with a future for a future show, Kyle's got some info for you. You can call or text the Holophone, 1618-556-0837, and leave whatever type of message you want. Uh, I have kind of slacked off getting on on that, and I apologize for it. Just life has been incredibly busy of late. Um, you can also write your story out or record it using your voice memo app or your camera or whatever you want, and you can shoot that over to the email which is going to be holoskypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, another thing to consider, I am considering building an evidence page on the website. So if you have any cool pictures of ghosts, aliens, mermaids, whatever you got, shoot it over to the email and I'll start putting that stuff up on the, the webpage as, an, as evidence. Um, if you want to mail us anything, you can do that. P.O. Box 145, Field, Illinois, 62031. Send weird shit. Send some weird stuff. Uh, all this is in the show notes for the show. And yeah, yeah. Uh, possibly talking about open up interviews again. we got to kind of get that hammered out yet, but I think we're coming to a conclusion on it where we're going to start, start doing more interviews all the way around the board. So we'll see how that works. We're trying. Like I said, life's been busy with baseball and then podcast and work. and Yeah. It's been crazy. We're getting there, though. So thanks for bearing with us. Trying our best. Uh, we have a merch store. As insufferable as we can be. Yes. One star. Listen to that dub step. Dub step sucks. Anyway, we have a merch store. If you'd like to check that out. We're running low on some stuff, but we're getting ready to f- fill it back up. We have a Patreon. You can go over there. Check out all the extra content we have for that. Got a Venmo. You can throw some monster money in there for all of our bad habits. Or you can just share the show word of mouth and on social media. Help expand the Hollow Cult. The more ears the show lands on, the better for it is for everyone. So we appreciate all of you. So share the show. You can also go to wherever you listen to podcasts, go to your podcatcher and leave us a five-star rating and review, and I'll gladly shout you out. Today's five-star rating comes to us from our friend Tom in Pennsylvania. Uh, It says, I'm binging on the show, five stars. I listen to the show while twerking. No, correct. While working and put it on while I go to sleep. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Well, Tom... We're glad that we can be there through your work time and through your party time. Your twerk time. Your twerk time and your sleep time. So we appreciate you. Thanks for the kind words. So just get down with your bad self. Yeah. Just keep shaking what your mama gave you, Tom. <laughs> that being said, we go to our listener submission of the day. Coming to us from our friend Dustin. He included... An interesting photo, which I might save for the evidence page if we once we get it up and off the ground. Dustin says, I'm not sure how many submissions you guys get, but I appreciate you and your show and thought I'd try to contribute. I have a few stories I could tell astral project- projecting, waking up to a banshee strangling me. Oh, well. Similar to sleep paralysis, but with an added kick. Seeing a toll fairy 
or seeing a troll slash fairy slash I don't know little person and Bigfoot story. But this is one I have a photo of that didn't disappear, so I can let my freak flag fly on this one without much fear of getting locked up in the loony bin, maybe just abducted. I'll tell you my experience chronologically. I'm sitting in my house playing PS4, most likely listening to you guys or Tony Merkel. My mom comes busting in yelling, you need to come out here and look at this. I figured it was a big ass possum or armadillo or raccoon or coyote or whatever typical hillbilly bullshit. So I slip my shoes on and go outside and look up at this. It was a stormy night, so the sky was full of clouds. My sister claimed it moved, but I didn't see it move. She had her phone. I didn't because I was expecting to shoot a varmint and not take a picture of a UFO or whatever this thing is. So I didn't bother getting a pic of it because I knew she would and I'd just have her send it to me. Not expecting the pic to be so distorted because she's a typical girl taking pics with filters and all of that, which it could have been something to do with EMF or something messing with the phone. Who knows? But I watch it for 10 to 15 minutes and go back inside. I'm not into getting anal probed. More specifics. This was a day or two after the people slash cops claimed to have seen the UFO and aliens on the ground in Las Vegas. The thing to the right of the cloud isn't the moon. It was around 10 p.m., 99.9% positive it's above the clouds, shining down through the cloud break. I've stated everything I could think of about this. If you have any questions, fire away. Well, to let everybody know, it is a, like, we'll post it up on the socials and probably on the website. It's weird, man. It is a strange. It's definitely weird. It's, it's a strange photo of the sky, and it has this weird blue hue of a light either shining through the clouds or producing its own light. I don't know. I'll just post it up. You yeah. guys, you guys make what we'll you definitely post it. Make whatever it is. Uh, it, it's, it's weird, man. And he says, this is not the moon. Hmm. I don't know, Dustin. And it, he said he watched it for 15 minutes. That's a long time. I wonder if it made any sounds or anything. It reminds you of like a, a big spotlight is what it reminds you of. I know it's, I don't think it's a spotlight and, and there's no, like with the spotlight, you'll see the, the beam going up sometimes. There's none of that depicted. And I don't know of blue ones. Like this is like a blue, blue, like a rich blue. Yeah. In a night dark sky, which really shouldn't happen. Yeah. It's strange. Imagine what it would take the amount of, I mean, I, I figure the amount of lumens to make it that blue at that time. And he said it seemed like it was above the cloud shining right. down onto the cloud. Right. I'm just I'm just trying to justify it in my brain well, of somebody having like a blue spotlight and trying to it be so bright and so powerful that it lights up the sky like that. Yeah, I wish I had some way to uh, get a size comparison as to how big it is because it looks huge. Yeah. A massive part of the sky. I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll post it up on all the socials once I save it to the old Mac here and, uh, good catch. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Glad you took the time to send it in. We, uh, once we get our interviews up and popping, we'll have to holler at you. I'm curious to hear your Banshee strangulation story. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds subtle. Yeah. Yeah. But again, thanks Dustin. Uh, Hope you haven't had to deal with very many varmints out there, extraterrestrial or terrestrial. That being said, Kyle is ready to take you on a trip. Let's get into that weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> Pull that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> so this kind of derives from Looking Glass because it 
I was going to write, I told you guys I was going to write about Lotus. Project Lotus, which apparently has like three different phrasings. Uh, but I saw, I know I saw a lot of Project Lotus or Lotus Protocol. Those are the two ones that kept popping up. Um, I was, I, I misinformed everyone. I thought Lotus, Project Lotus was about disinform, or uh, sorry, uh, disclosure on extraterrestrials. However, that is not the case. It is far weirder than that. See, I thought it was going to, the way that it was set up almost makes it sound like today's, but it starts to evolve as I kept reading because I just glanced over it last time. And here we go. So around April 8th, 2004, there was an article that would start to make its its rounds stating that a Daniel Birch, who, as I stated in Looking Glass episode, is a microbiologist that ended up working in a few different black projects. Those of which involve extraterrestrials and their different forms of technology. But Daniel wanted to come clean about his work and all the things that he had seen, even wanting to go as far as testifying in front of Congress. This testimony would disclose the extraterrestrial presence on Earth, also setting in motion the unraveling of information from well over five decades, forcing the people of Earth to deal with the fact that they are here and we are not alone. On top of that, more than one race of them being here. Dan apparently first came out with a book called Eagles Disobey, the case for Inca City Mars. But in this book, he disclosed ancient artifacts on Mars. He was also part of the before-mentioned Project Lotus, which was based at our home away from home, the good old Area 51. I can't remember if it was S2 or S4 where he was located. Um, and I believe it was around the time Lazar was there as well. Nice. But this project, like I said, it was far more interesting than I, I could have understood. There isn't shitloads of information that I was able to find. But the information that I did find is pretty cool. Like I said, I thought that Lotus was a project that was connected to Disclosure but I was wrong because Lotus isn't about disclosure. I seemingly jumped the gun and, and kind of fucked up. Lotus was actually a project dedicated to life and not just life. Exactly. Specifically the creation of life. They would use a particle to help in this project known as the Ganesh particle, G-A-N-E-S-H. Uh, supposedly this particle is the key to the seed of life. It has the ability to heal damaged cells as well. I found one bit that would suggest the particle is quartz crystal from a mica layer found at the Vishnu Schist at Frenchman's Mountain Complex outside of Las Vegas which I kind of uh, further go into a little bit later on when I found more information on it. Information would suggest that this quartz is resonating at a frequency of 8 hertz. And that the time is coming where the Earth's Schumann resonance 
will increase to 13 hertz, which these numbers come from the Fibonacci sequence. But it's said that this will be the next phase in humanity's creation. Another bit I found suggests that when put under the correct electrical impulse levels, this particle is in question was then released from the crystalline rock. It's said to be a dense collection of electromagnetic waves containing information and floating in a river of less dense electromagnetism. And keep in mind, as I'm as I'm trying to break apart all this scientific bullshit, uh, I end up stumbling a little bit later on kind of uh, how all of this starts to mold together a little bit. So sorry if I'm kind of bombarding you with these different avenues. I'm trying to look like I'm... I know nothing about the Schumann resonance. No, me neither. Bro, what the fuck? This resonance provides a useful tool to analyze the Earth's weather, its electric environment, even to help determine what type of atoms and molecules exist in the Earth's atmosphere. Does Schumann resonance affect your blood pressure? Participants who showed a significant lower daily mean blood pressure value on days with enhanced Schumann resonance signals. Well, fix your shit, Earth. Lower what? my BP. What? I don't know, man. I'm sure I'm sure there's quite a few listeners out there that know a little bit about this shit. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's weird. But like yeah. <laughs> I knew uh, the only thing that I had connected it to is like they call it the heartbeat of the earth or whatever, yes. but I didn't realize that it like legitimately affected People. Well, even with this this Sorry, Ga Ganish particle, <laughs> apparently Caltech verified the the particle. But uh, anyways, Dan apparently came clean during an interview about the Ganish particle, saying that the the Black Projects were very interested in this because he held some or it held some unusual properties properties on a genetic level only seen in the alien DNA he worked with at S four. So he was at S four. Now, one, you know, one could only imagine what they intend on doing with this type of power. In my opinion, the only reason you'd want to dig into these types of topics on a black budget level is to more or less play God or become God. Cracking the key, key to creation for the means of your own betterment. Um, like I said, the, the particle is said to heal damaged cells. Uh, some Some sources would go on to the more or less elaborate how like it holds keys to actual the actual like the overall creation of all life which is kind of heavy to think about um but i also found out assuming all this is is 100 legitimate i found out the real reason why dan was able to find the gainish particle and why like there's a whole why what when where to all of it. But, you know, I was able to find an article that kind of like ties this all together. So you have Dan who's connected to Lotus, but Lotus is a project from another project called Starflower, which Starflower was a project dedicated to time issues, which may have been housed or which may have housed looking glass. And apparently all of these 
were under an umbrella project called Aquarius. Anyways, Lotus was based around a captured J-Rod. Do you know what a J-Rod is? Have you ever heard that term before? No. Gray. Did we did we talk about that? I have no fucking clue. But you know, everybody make mental note. If you ever hear or see any documents with J Rod, so it'd be J dash R O D or it's spelled almost like Jared. J A R O D. So I think that's be, what they called it from Serpo. Be aware of that because it is another it's like slang for Grays. Was it was it Serpo we were talking about where the one that we we traded for kind of went rogue and yeah, killed? That was, yeah, that was I Serpo. think they called him J Rod. Could be. So Serpo might have ties into all of this. Interesting. Um, but there was one J Rod in particular who, as you'll learn later on is kind of significant, but his name was Chi Ella. And this being led, like legitimately pointed Dan to the Ganesh particle, told him where to drill, how to find it, everything. And it, it starts to get a little complex from here. Dan is about to basically drill it out, but then Dan discovers unusual electromagnetic activity associated with silicon oxides from there the activity is the emission of electromagnetic energy bundles containing information after exposed to the cells changing their dna structure then dna moves across an electromagnetic barrier that they call which is fucking weird they call these things shiva portals goddess of destruction Okay, which may be micro wormholes. <laughs> Good. Which, as Steve just pointed out, is also creepy considering the CERN shit with Shiva. And if I remember correctly, now I saw, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent versed in some of this terminology, especially the scientific shit. But CERN is also. Where, if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, didn't they find the God particle at CERN? Yes. Okay, so there you go. Another odd synchronicity, if you will. Yep. So, Dan also talks about another particle in conjunction with this Ganesh particle. It's called Selkie. S-E-L-K-I-E. Now, apparently these things guide, they're like guides for the Ganesh particle. The Selkie ends up giving the Ganesh particle a pathway to its intended target. Now, Dan used quartz crystal during some experiments with the Ganesh particle. During this experiment, an anomalous growth of cells began to form around the crystal. These cells were of unknown origin, supposedly because they had no idea what the fuck these cells were or what they could grow into. They just straight up shut this project down. Which, if you really sit and think about that, it's pretty fucking terrifying. Okay, let's talk about Shiva for a bit here, because now, now we're into it. What are Shiva's powers? Why is it called the God of Destruction? 
Through his third eye, he is able to burn anyone, even other gods, to ash. Okay. He also has the power to create demons that are powerful enough to decapitate gods. Through his Pinchan ability to destroy, Shiva will wipe out the universe in the end of days only for it to be reborn and begin anew. Shiva's role is to destroy the universe in order to recreate it. Uh, in the Hindu religion, they believe his powers of destruction and re- re- recreation are used even now to destroy the illusions and imperfections of this world, paving the way for a beneficial change. According to Hindu belief, this destruction is not arbitrary, but it is constructive. That sounds even scarier now that it's outside of CERN. Yeah. I've seen a lot of weird shit around CERN. And there has been mention about demons around CERN and portals to hell and all that good stuff. Lotus sculpture. Well, that's fucking weird. (laughs) That's That's another tie-in. That's fucking weird. It's a, it's a, I just clicked it and it is, it's a, a sculpture webpage where they make sculptures and the one that I clicked on brought up Shiva. Hmm. And the website's called Lotus, Lotus sculpture. sculpture. Weird. Weird. Anyway. That is weird. Yeah. Look at, look at us just going off on rabbit holes here. That's live weird. on air. But what do you think about that? About <clears throat> them shutting that project down when an unknown form like yeah, cells was, start to that form. That was probably a good, good call. You think they really shut it down, though? Because, dude, I'm like, I'm like, I, legitimately sit and imagine what that implies. Yeah, you're you're God. Well, not only that, but like, you're creating scientists. Something nothing. Scientists would orgasm all over that. I'm, like, holy shit, we're like, there's an active clump of cells coming from almost nothing. Yeah. It's it's it's. But instead of pursuing that, supposedly they went, uh, uh-uh, nope, nope, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. Yeah, you are creation. Unless they had some sort of like firewall capability to where, if whatever they were creating was absolutely terrible, that they could essentially nuke it if they had to. You you'd almost you'd almost have to stop. Yeah. Because they said, like they they had no idea what it could even grow into, which yeah, implies implies everything. You let the motherfucker grow and it turns into Godzilla. Uh oh! Whoops! <laughs> you know what? What are we gonna do now? Right, right, <laughs> right. So I I mean I could I could I could see human ego being like, let it run. Like we oh, we yeah. we are God now. You know we we are Absolutely. creation. And just let it run. But I could also see somebody in there being like, oh, pump pump the brakes now. Hold on a minute. We know we can do it. We're doing it now. Let's let's set up a let's set up a plan B here in case this thing comes trucking out of here and right. decapitates us all. Yeah, that's probably a valid point. I would assume that they would just run full bore with it, but I mean hopefully yeah. they were wise enough to have that consideration. It could easily go either way. Yeah. But uh as if all that wasn't confusing enough, like I said, this J-Rod aspect. J-Rods were apparently, a, they're just a, it's just a general name for greys, which according to Dan, these greys are actually just us from the future. Once again, you have, when well, we've heard this time and time again, you have two groups of these J-Rods. 
They also come from different timelines as well. You have the the P plus 45,000 and the P plus 52,000, which means present plus years. According to Dan, with his experience, the P plus 45,000, or they call them P45s, are of self-serving type. These are the ones that are abducting humans, and they also want the catastrophe to remain, which this this in particular, the, the, catastroph- the catastrophe is the tie-in with Looking Glass there because we talked about a timeline where a mass tragedy happened. Yeah, that makes sense. So keep that in mind. Um, apparently, these P-45s also have aligned with the Luciferian Illuminati. Then you have the... It's always the fucking Illuminati. Right? Then you have the P-plus 52,000s or the P-52s that want to help uh, present-time humans, aligning themselves with the Majestic and fixing the timeline where the catastrophe doesn't happen. So during Looking Glass, I spoke about how during one of these timelines... Humans went underground because of some major disaster. Well, I found out what that disaster was. So they appa- created Godzilla. Uh, close. Apparently, these are the ones that eventually turn into the Greys, which I can only conclude that these are the P-45s. Then you have a group that... During this same timeline catastrophe type thing, you have a group of humans that stay on the planet and go underground. These are apparently the ones that turn into the P-45s as self-serving assholes. Then you have a group who were able to leave the planet when this all took place. They ended up going to the moon where they acquired the quote-unquote Ark, then moving to Mars and finally to Orion. But these ones, the P-52s, they would go to evolve into the Nordics we hear about. Hmm. The, were you going to say something? I, well, I was thinking, thinking about how this ties into all the disclosure that's going on. I've been seeing people make a very valid point that ties in with this, that the, the I guess, not anti-disclosure, but kind of the other side of the disclosure, like... Like a lot of the government are making it very adamant, not using, making it very adamant that what we are encountering is not alien. It is not alien. It is not extraterrestrial, which puts it directly in line with it being could be human from the future. From the future, which would be just as fucking weird. Yeah, it's so weird that I just stumbled across that, and it's in the same vein of the stuff we're talking about now. But. With this catastrophe, the it was actually legitimately supposed to happen during 2012. So it's theorized that the P-52s might have actually succeeded in their plot to fix the disaster. The disaster would actually be caused with us passing through what is known as the serpent rope, which would cause a distortion to the sun. Between that and passing through wormholes, it would feed energy into all of the stargates and looking glasses of the planet, which is why they wanted to go and dismantle all of them. 
And then all this energy would pass into these ones. And they specifically said the man-made ones. So I'm assuming it's actually more of the looking glass objects instead of the stargates. But all this energy would start to funnel into these looking glass objects. And that would start blasting energy into the crust of the planet, which would shift the crust and create just chaos and disasters that would end up killing a reported 4 billion people. Oh, well. Something I noted, though, which is why you always have to be careful when you're doing your research. If I remember correctly, in my previous research, I remember speaking on the Yellow Cube and how the Orions gave it to the humans. I remember seeing that these beings were of insect-like origins. I remember saying that. However, in this batch of research, it suggested that the Orions were the Nordics, or in this case, the P-52s. So there's a little bit of discrepancy going Mm. on there. But a further connection to Lotus and the J-Rod Chela Chiala, however you want to say it. I apologize. Like I said, I apologize. This is kind of all over the fucking place. But there's lots of information out there. There's a lot of of emails and all types of shit. It's hard to read through a lot of it. And some of it's just almost not relevant. But this connection. So you have Lotus with the, the Ganesh particle, which was offered up by Chiala. Apparently, this is what they were looking for anyways, the the J-Rods, the P-52s. Um, and this is the further tie-in to the whole process. So, Chiala is, is, is a J-Rod gray, and I'm assuming aligned with the P-52s. Now, they were looking, they were actively looking for this Ganesh particle because their race is actually suffering from a peripheral nervous degeneration. They ended up learning that one of the only ways to help the J-Rods was actually through a cloning effort or a clone-slash-genetic therapy-type treatment. Guess how they decided to proceed with this, Steve? Hmm. They started creating hybrids between humans And the J-Rod genome. Serpo. Right? Serpo, yeah. And not to mention, how many other times have we heard about the the hybridization between humans and aliens? That's exactly what the crews saw in Serpo. Right. Where they were mixing and matching. Right. And so by this one, it's, it's in an effort to heal them because they are actively dying. So as I understand it, now you have confirmation essentially from government entities working with these beings and and once again, allegedly creating alien human hybrids, which you, you, you gotta know damn good. Well, it it may like all of that, the hybridization, all that shit. It may, in this case may have started off as a, a good thing or even, even a, a scratch my back, we'll scratch yours type of thing. But you know, in the end, that doesn't go in good directions. You know that. Mm. Um, also, super fucked up side note here. Dan apparently went to a facility. This is fucked. 
he went to a facility codenamed Sweetness, which is rather, in my opinion, appropriate for the type of work that they were doing. Essentially, this was a biochemical base where they were creating bioweapons using, you guessed it, alien DNA retrofitted with a terrestrial viral genome for use in biochemical weapons. Now, the the fucked up thing is, this may or may not be a correlation. I'm not I'm not fucking saying that it is. I love I loved it. All right. But check this out. So, I read this. I read this sweetness part and I'm like, this is kind of fucked up, right? I look when the website was last updated. It was last updated in 2018. Hmm. And I'm hmm. like, oh, Timing's weird. Maybe all them kooks raving on about alien DNA in the crazy uh, virus of the past couple of years ain't so crazy. Bro, I love that you you go into this and you say, you're like, yes, they were pulling alien DNA to hybridize with human DNA to create bioweapons. To use against the planet, but the fucked up thing is, I'm like, I'm like that, that was that's not even where it was. All right, it's just it's just crazy. But apparently, now I don't know if I if I believe it or not, but apparently Dan actually refused to work in this facility. They wanted him to, and he said no. Which makes perfect sense. All of, all of the background of his story makes sense to me because he he is a microbiologist. Like he deals with that type yeah, of shit, yeah. right? He would be a prime candidate to have there. Exactly. Like it, it's not a far stretch. It, it's no. like Bob Lazar and his his portion of the story. Like he dealt with a bunch of the the physics and all that bullshit. Yep. Like yep. it makes sense. Yep. Um, but apparently Dan refuses to work here. So so he's on this base. He refuses. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm not taking part in any of this shit. This is this is insane. But they can't just usher him out. So that almost makes you contemplate on where these type of facilities are. It makes it sound like you need special transport to get away from these facilities because he can't. He can't just leave. They ended up housing him on base for a couple of days. So that almost makes me think of like your Area 51s where people get bussed in or um, flown in or other facilities that are probably legitimately out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I just, I don't know. It just makes me, it's just weird that they're like, well, okay, that's fine. You don't have to work here, but we're going to, we got to we got to keep you here for a couple of days. Um, but he describes this, this moment of staying there for a couple of days. Some of the most horrifying shit he's ever been a part of. And he didn't even do anything. He's like, I sat there for days listening to agonizing screams coming from human beings. Uh, is terrible. Absolutely. Um, you have, from there you move toward uh, that the the Project Aquarius I was talking about, which apparently the the Project Aquarius is a umbrella project 
for studying EBEs, extraterrestrial biological entities. Now, in a email that I was able to find coming from, I believe it, Maybe, maybe it wasn't from that one, but I found this email. This guy was posting emails. I guess he was able to acquire, I don't, I, he might have had conversation with Dan and people surrounding Dan, kind of like how people research, researching Bob Lazar and really wanting to pick apart Lazar. There's people out there with this Dan guy as well. But this email references something weird. I'd like to get everybody's opinion on it. Um, and I believe the way it's structured. The way the sentence was structured, it was in regards to Dan's credentials and how whoever writing this felt it important to keep Dan working on these types of projects because he was so beneficial to it. But the reference, and it's just three words here that I call it, but they call it the black world. Like almost like his participation in the black world. And it makes me wonder, you know, am I overlooking this? Is this some type of code phrase? Or does it simply just mean like the the black budget, the black project world? It sounds way more nefarious. That's kind of where I was at when I read it. That's why I brought it up. I wanted to get everybody's opinion on it. Yeah, way more nefarious. It's really weird, right? Because why wouldn't you just say like the... It's important, like Dan needs to keep working on these black black projects or these off off book projects or whatever. <laughs> but they they specifically say black the black world. Very weird. Yeah, it's, it's it feels way more nefarious than just being. Yeah, that's kind of where I was at. Um, then I start sifting through some more emails, and I find. Uh, a pretty weird one from a United States Air Force major, Tom Mack, to a Robert Collins. It speaks on how the major was involved in the reverse engineering of captured UFOs. It also refers to the J-Rods, and in this email, it's spelled J-A-R-O-D, which, like I said, I'm I'm almost sure that it, that is just another way of spelling J-Rod. And they, they ended, I guess he worked with a different one than, than the Chiala because they, they gave these ones nicknames. And this one, this is fucking creepy. They gave this one the nickname Puppet Master. Who, who's naming these things? Me? Don't fucking ask me. Yeah. Um, they said, they, like he says in this email... Because I think in the email that would have went to him prior to his response here, they asked they were asking about like what J Rods had he worked with? Have you heard of this particular J Rod called Smiling Eyes? That's creepy, right? Um, so he respond basically re- is responding with no, I, I I've worked with Puppet Master, the most perfect non human being in the universe, stating that this being was very clever could intimidate or imitate anyone's voice and had a pretty good sense of humor. That's terrifying. Terrifying. How many horror stories we've heard about imitating people's voices. 
Um, blame it on the Wendigo when it's really a fucking alien. Right. I have heard this before. I have seen this label before mentioned in other types of research, but in the same email, he stated the general or the major stated that the project that he was in part, the classification was above top secret and it was of cosmic dash magic M M A J I C. And I I would assume that means majestic. So it's under a majestic 12 control. Which lines up with Dan's story because Dan claimed that he worked with the the Majestic Twelve. In another le- letter, like I said, they referenced the the J Rod by the name of Smiling Eyes, which is like Steve said, is fucking creepy. Sounds like a fucking creepy pasta or some shit. Another thing that I here's another little weird spinoff, and I just caught this because I'm kind of a nerd, but. They talk about, in one of the email correspondence, they talk about a star. S-T-A-A-R. And how this was a special unit to counter any alien attack. Now, probably doesn't sound or mean much to, to some of you listening, but it just it sparked right in my head as soon as I read it because... Everyone we've all talked about and heard about how the Hollywood uh, puts things right in front of us. It reminds me of Stars from Resident Evil, which Stars was the what is that special tactics and rescue squad? Yeah, and they, I mean, they were supposed to be like the elite, like almost SWAT. It just was weird to me. Like it, it kind of just made sense at the time. And it could just be, like I said, it could just be that I'm a nerd and it just, my brain made that connection. But anyways, I also found what appears to be a letter from Dan. And in this letter, I'm just going to, I'm just going to kind of read it. It says, since my beginning with M, which I assume is majestic because it, 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 I feel like the letter was redacted. I have the distinct honor of having been assigned to some of the most interesting projects known to the humankind from the work of project Aquarius to the sands of the, the Iraq desert, which Stargate location. I have attempted to service my country with the greatest effort and efficiency. I deeply hope that my latest assignment in Africa has served the interest of the United States of America. For the past decade, I have been slowly formulating a thesis bringing together the research of the greatest minds of humanity to attempt an answer to the age-old question of our origins. In a nutshell, we have found the key elements to put together an ancient virus that not only once seeded our beautiful planet, but whose integral parts still play an act of continuous creation within the intricate web of life. That play, we believe, pushes forward the complexity found within the biosphere to perfectly match species diversity to the other elements of our living world. This sounds wonderful. However, just as there exists subtle behavior cues within child's play, so do we believe that such also resides 
hidden within the conjoined L being armed with the most ancient DNA codes, having the power to manipulate the dance of life. And I'm assuming that's life because it's just an L there does not give us sufficient knowledge, the authority of its maker or the right itself to conjoin synthesize or otherwise taunt it or its awesome powers. Our span control exists within the narrow range of careful study to do more. We risk humanity. <laughs> Yikes. It's a pretty ominous fucking letter. Yeah. Yeah. Which, dude, the, the, the whole ancient virus part just fucking hit me in the gut when I read that. It's... It really... Man, I don't know. It's weird, dude. It's, it's weird strange. and it's heavy. Um, and I'm, I mean, it's nothing to put past them. You know no, I mean? absolutely not. No fucking way. And he's, to me, it sounds like he's warning people moving forward. Almost like Elon warns about AI. Yeah. He's like, hey, yeah. I know this shit's cool, but we need to really check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, now I'm going to kind of, I'm going to kind of, as I come to a closure here, I'm going to kind of double back a little bit and talk about Dan himself and Chiela, the J-Rod, the gray. So, you know, like I said, you would add, you you, kind of wonder like why Dan was able to go where he has and do what he's done, you know, outside of being an intelligent man and a microbiologist. Well, apparently the the world, the universe works in mysterious ways, so to speak. So apparently with Dan in 1973 at the age of 9, he was actually abducted. Now, once again as seen in many abduction cases, after his abduction, he began having strange dreams. But during this abduction, all he re- ends up remembering is like a Chevron triangle-typed craft. Now, when he befriended Chiala, this entity was able to show him what all took place, and it locked some puzzle pieces in for him. So, on board the UFO, there were several young people. One of these people just so happened to be the son of a former MJ-1. So, a majestic, you know, person. His son was on this UFO. Now, get this. You remember in Looking Glass when I talked about the T-9 Treaty and how Dan got some of the abductions taken out? It is... It, the T9 treaty is 100% a treaty between humans and extraterrestrials. But Dan states, or this research states, I'm pretty sure this is from Dan. The MJ1 son was, and I quote, collateral in regards to the T9 treaty. 
And dude, that is straight up X Files. <laughs> yeah. Because isn't that what essentially happens to Mulder's sister? Her dad kind of halfway gives her up. Oh yeah, yeah. Bro, that's straight <laughs> up X Files. That's weird. Fucking weird. Now, now I like want to look up <laughs> to see if if this when did this go down? I don't know. If this went down pre X Files, I don't know. Because then it's X X Files. The media exposing. They said they had real the people truth. from the FBI helping with the X Files. Oh, wouldn't that be fucking weird? Um, but anyways, it makes yeah. The boy. The son ends up dying on the craft. And I'm a, this is as fucked up as this is. At the time, they were working with the P-45s, which are the self-serving asshole aliens. But the P-45s actually tried to save the son, and they weren't able to. So what, they, what did they do? They ended up transferring the son's energy into Dan, which would later begin to explain, at least for Dan, it would begin to explain his love for science because he never had, as a child, he never had a love for science until that moment. Also, apparently, the Majestic were aware of this event, and it's more than plausible that this is one of the reasons why he ended up becoming selected for these projects. Furthermore, you would ask about Dan... And Chiala's friendship. Well, when Dan was permitted to work on Aquarius and be on the, I guess, retrieval team of taking samples from Chiala, um, when Dan was actually put on that team and Chiala noticed that, he saw Dan. Chiala actually recognized Dan. And then it got to a point where Chiala was like, hey, you're not coming in here anymore and taking my sample. I want that guy. No one else is coming in here and taking samples from me besides that guy right there. And it, it was it's protocol. Cause so Chiala was kept in this this clear sphere. And it was cooled. Um, obviously, there's there's tons of like, I guess, biochemical measures taken where it's perfectly sealed. There's not shit getting in and out of the whole nine. And Chiela is inside this sphere. So it's protocol that whenever someone enters the sphere, Chiela is not supposed to move. He's supposed to just basically stand there and take it. It's also protocol that no one has a conversation with Chiela. So, but Chiela eventually tells them like, hey, like I said, you're not, you're not taking my samples anymore. I want that dude there. And everybody like it, it raised flags because Dan was such a new member of the team, but they went ahead and just kind of went with it. They're like, fuck it, whatever the, you know, who cares? So Dan ends up going in there, taking samples here and there. Well, there became a time when Dan went to take Chiela's sample, 
and Chia La step toward Dan, which is already breaks protocol right there. And Dan was new enough at the time that it kind of startled him. So he took a step back and he ended up tripping on something and he fell on his back. And when he did that, Chia La climbed on top of him and sat on his chest and then brought his head down. And when he did that, he began to do what we've we've heard before, download information into Dan very rapidly. Which, by doing that, actually ended up. That's how Dan found out about if I you know if I remember correctly and did my research right. That's essentially how Dan found out about the UFO experience. Like all of it mm. became boom, 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 boom. Like all the puzzle pieces finally got put together, yeah. and from there. So that's why Chia La picked him because he recognized Dan. He, you know, he had that connection with him. He remembers seeing Dan on the UFO when all that took place, the transfer, all that shit. And supposedly, which I couldn't find the full story as to why they were there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But as I stated, Dan and Chia La became friends. They they would communicate, which breaks protocol, but they would eventually. The way I took it, Dan more or less ends up rescuing Chiala. For whatever reason, they went to a Stargate in Egypt. I was not able to find out why they went there, but they did. And I guess during this, Dan actually pushes Chiala through a Stargate to kind of release him from. Send him home. Send him home. And that was about Dude, it's a, it's the like amount a movie. of yeah. That's about the amount of research that I was able to come up with for today's episode. Damn. But it's fucking wild. It it hits on so many different aspects, and the fact that it like it's so weird to me that we went through all of Serpo, dug through Serpo, and like it never, never did we correlate it with Nothing, him. No. Not at all. Or even Lotus, for that matter. Right. This is the first time when I was doing Looking Glass, this is the first time I've ever heard of Lotus. Yeah. Same. It's so, and it's so weird that the information, Dan could essentially have been the Serpo whistleblower. Oh, absolutely. Or at least affiliated with it. Yeah. I'd almost be willing to bet he had a hand in Serpo. Yeah. There's too many, there's too many similar aspects for it to be like coincidence right from the dna splicing and, to, or maybe maybe serpo was housed underneath aquarius yeah you know because they yeah. were super compartmentalized in their in their projects but because it says aquarius was an umbrella for all these oh. different projects there was another name for <clears throat> serpo that i stumbled across but i forgot i bet it was i bet it was underneath aquarius but, but that goes to show right there that goes to show how confusing it can be tracking down these projects because they, they have umbrella projects and they have this and they have that. And then you'll have like you had uh, what was this, a star flower that focused on time that ends up stumbling on the Chiala, which then ends up branching off into Lotus because they found the Ganesh particle and it just went from there. Just boom, 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 boom. Yeah, and, and they do that shit on purpose. Fuck yes, they do. They change the shit around. And so. look, they call Gray's J-Rods. And they'll spell it different on occasion, the whole nine. So that just goes to show, but that's why, and that's specifically why I brought up J-Rod. I could have just used gray, 
but I brought J-Rod up because it's it's something that everybody needs to to just kind of write down and put it in the back of their brain in case they ever were to come across text that that mentions J-Rod. Yes. Because you might read J-Rod not know not have a just, clue. Exactly. And like I said in one in that in that major spelling he spells it J A R O D. Somebody could literally be like, "Oh, that's Jared." Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't have a clue had anything to clue. do with it. Cuz I if I read that and I I read it as Jared, I'd be like, "What the fuck is Jared?" We talking about a subway guy or what? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have a clue, man. I, I would be stumbling. I would be like, I don't know what the fuck this is. This is nothing. This is trash. Boop. Go over here. <laughs> Come to find out, it's not trash. They're talking about grades. So I don't know. That's what I have on Dan Bursch and his project Lotus, Aquarius, Starflower, all that shit. Yeah, it's tons of it. You're just the fact that I don't know, man, you hear all these names and how they get tied to one another. And then you don't know what you're looking for. You don't know what you're looking at. It's, I wish I could find the other name for Serpo now and see if it was mentioned now that it's so similar. It's fucking weird. It is weird, but it's awesome. That's why I love this shit. It makes, yeah. It makes you, I don't know. I don't know. You know how I do. We don't know shit. Yeah. But is Dan still alive? I don't think so. Hmm. Like that would be. Because I thought about reaching out to him for That would be a dude to talk to. 100%. I'm pretty sure I read that he's passed away. Well, RIP Dan. That's right. But yeah, if anybody if anybody has anything to add to that, feel free to pop on the socials, shoot us an email. You know the drill. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us this Monday. Again, don't forget about all the upcoming stuff we have going on. We'll kick it Wednesday at the night shift. Check us out on all our social medias. Until next Monday, friends. Well, actually, we'll be on tomorrow with the last week's night shift. Come and hang out with us Wednesday. You know the drill. Stay safe. Stay weird. And they're probably splicing alien DNA to create bioweapons. Because they're the government. That's why. <laughs>